Welcome to the Cool Tools Show. I'm Mark Frauenfelder, Editor-in-Chief of Cool Tools, a website of tool recommendations written by our readers. You can find us at cool-tools.org. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kelly, founder of Cool Tools. Hey, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here. In each episode of the Cool Tools Show, Kevin and I talk to a guest about some of his or her favorite uncommon and uncommonly good tools they think others should know about. Our guest this week is Ruben Bowling. Ruben's the author of Tom the Dancing Bug, the weekly comic strip that appears on websites and newspapers across the country and premieres every week on Boing Boing. The comic is a Herblock Prize winner, an RFK Journalism Award winner, and was a Pulitzer Prize finalist in 2019 and 2021. Ruben, it is great to have you back on the Cool Tools Show. Hey, Mark. Hey, Kevin. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to to hear you and to hear your latest picks for us as well. Oh, yes. The latest picks. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I've made picks. <laughs> you, have some good, you have some good <laughs> picks. Um, I took a sneak peek at them and uh, they look wonderful. Why don't you just jump right in and tell us about your first tool? Okay. The first tool is, um, well, it is, let me just get the full name of it. I, I, I'm not even sure if this is the exact one that I have, but it's... Uh, it's the uh, it's an LED light pad, and the one that I found is uh, Lit Energy, um, and uh, and I guess you know I've always it's it's a really a, a light box. It's very thin, and um, I, I guess I should describe what a light box is. Yeah, please. A light, any artist can find a light box useful. You you can draw something on paper. Uh, and then you you put it on the light box and put the the paper you're going to the final paper you're going to use. I use very heavy Bristol board. You put that on top of it, turn the light on, and then you you can see through the paper. And so you can it's a way of tracing. It's a way of mm -hmm. tracing with a light un underneath. Um, but I've always had this big clunky light box uh, for years. It was given to me as a present when I first started cartooning. Um, and it must be like four inches thick with an actual yeah, light bulb inside. Metal case. Yeah, they're right. The, the technology, I mean, Jack Kirby probably would have, would have said that's old fashioned. Uh, <laughs> Al, Al Cap may have used it. <laughs> um, but last year I, I had these uh, books coming out. Um, and my, my plan was to, uh, two books came out and I, my plan was to buy a bunch of them from the publisher and sell them myself online. In addition to being sold by the publisher and mm -hmm. at stores and on Amazon and everything. Uh, and I would sell them signed and sketched in. Uh, but I knew I could really use a light box for these sketches, um, because I can totally screw up a drawing. You know, I could start drawing something in someone's book. And then it's just, oh my God, this doesn't make sense. The hand is coming out of the nose. I mean, I can make, I can make any mistake uh, possible. So I knew that it would be best to like have like an outline that I would have. And then I would use that to, uh, um, in, for, the, for drawing it. But this mm -hmm. box just would not work. You, you couldn't, I, I needed something that could fit in between the pages of the book so that I could um, sort of trace trace it that way. I get it. So it would be like fitting in like a bookmark almost. Right. But right. It would fit it's under the page, inside. under yeah. the page, but, but ah. you know, I wouldn't have to bend the book at all because the book right. would just sort of fit between page four and, and six. Uh, and I, and then I could just trace uh, as I'm drawing in the book, instead of drawing it from scratch and having to worry about the risk, I could just, you know, draw off of an outline that I already had. Couldn't, um, couldn't you have used like an iPad? Uh, as as a light box. Uh-huh. Yes, I think I could have. You could have the image right on. I mean, just showing. Yeah, it. and then if there was sufficient, I probably could have turned the light, the iPad's 
um, uh, sort of brightness up enough so that it, it could have shown through. Uh, and yeah, I could have done that. Um, I don't have one. And that, that would have been a reason. They, that would have been a reason to get one. Uh-huh. But, yeah, well, it's uh, a lot more expensive than twenty dollars. Which that's is what that. Costs. Yeah, these are. This was a cheap. I, I said, does does this even exist? And I found it, and it, and it uh, sure enough, it existed. It's little. It's a pad with little LED lights uh, that shine through, and it's not that bright. An iPad is probably brighter, but I found out actually embarrassingly late. Uh, my son came in and suggested this, that if you turn all the other lights off in my office and that's the only source of light, it totally shines through. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I used it a lot. I mean, I'm glad to say that for a few months last fall, signing and drawing in these books became pretty much a full-time job for me. And this absolutely saved me uh, because I, you know, I didn't have to throw out tons of books because of uh, of because of failed uh, drawings. Each drawing is is different, and it's um, you know it's obviously I, I do each drawing, but at least I have an outline for where the head is going to go yeah. and, the, and the, the arms and everything. And so because uh, I, I didn't want to you know pencil it and then draw it, it just it just saved me a lot uh, uh, when I was doing this. And it's going to save me again when my next two books come out next month. So uh, this thing has been uh, just a real uh, lifesaver for me. It's a tool that has become very dependent on. So, so, so t- tell me a little bit about your your, your practice here of of uh, drawing in the books that people buy from you. Um, so the idea is, if someone orders a book from you directly from your website or wherever, right. you will make a little cartoon for them in the book. Right. Is that right. what you're doing? I sign it to them, and then uh, and then I have uh, you know a drawing that I'll I'll just I'll draw something I'll draw, you know I have I have some friends who are artists who can just start a drawing in the upper left hand corner and finish in the bottom right hand corner and it's a perfect drawing and I'm just not like that so so yeah I'll draw a uh, you know a, a character saying something to the person or whatever I sort of I make it up but uh, you know this this gives me sort of a, a guideline for what I'm what I'm going to do but yeah each Everybody who buys a book uh, this way gets uh, a drawing in every book. Wow. Have you heard people cutting that page out and then framing it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Uh, it's because you're signing, I assume you're signing that drawing. So it's like an original by you. It's, it's an, yeah, it's an original drawing by me, but it's, it's within the pages of the book. So yeah, you'd have to cut it out. I'll draw on anything for, uh, yeah, if they want, I'll draw it on a, a piece of paper and send it in. But uh, yeah, I think people want it in the, they want, it's, it makes the, the book more meaningful. Uh, I think, I think is the reason oh, yeah. why it's done so well. Let me ask you this, Ruben. Um, do you use a special kind of mailing service to ship the things? Because for me, that's like always the hassle is like uh, priority mail is expensive. But then if you use regular envelopes, it's like they, they sometimes want you to go in the post office to prove your identity or whatever. Do you I, use anything special? What do you do about I don't, I don't know anything about that. So what I've done is I have... I just buy a ton of these envelopes that I know mm-hmm. fit and are waterproof. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in the beginning, when I was dealing with all the the, the pre-orders, I would uh, almost uh, take like a, a shopping cart to the post office mm-hmm. and get and piss everyone off in line because uh-huh. they knew when I got to the front, <laughs> yes. I was going to be there for a while. And I would do that like every few days. Um, so I had no good uh, system for that, uh, well, we, and it was time-consuming. We, we have a system, Mark. So we use media mail, and we use mm-hmm. um, this uh, stamp 
stamp it cut or something that generates the labels and the postage automatically. And we just have to bring the, the shopping cart to the back door of the post office because they're already metered. They're already paid for. And media mail is only three or $4 a book. Right. Um, and so it really, it really works well. We, you know, we have the envelopes, we just put them in, put on the label that has the address and the postage and then just drop them off. So you, you can weigh, you can weigh, well, I guess, you know, even though everything was exactly the same, the post office would give me different, different um, uh, prices for the media mail. They, it'll be one of two prices. And I would tell them these are exactly the same. They have the exactly the same thing in them, but one would be three thirty-four, and one would be three eighty. Whatever I forget what it was, but it was uh, it was crazy. But uh, so I guess if you could uh, if you could weigh it, the other thing was that if you do media mail, which I did, you get a um, a receipt and tracking number. Can you get mm-hmm. that the way you do it, Kevin? Yes, yes. Yeah, because I need a tracking number because one in you know a few hundred someone will say i didn't get it and i have to like uh you know say yeah everyone's gotten it but you you have to like prove that you know here's the tracking number yeah no it's it's very seamless and it's quite um quite convenient and we can work with whole lists you know we don't have to type one each in you can have like a spreadsheet that we work from so um uh mark i i think we, we can talk about it but it's entirely doable Okay. There, there was something that I've heard of that has been recommended and I haven't tried. And if any listeners have had experience, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me. Um, it's called pirateship.com. And it's like this free shipping software. And they, they help you find like the cheapest uh, post, you know, the, the cheapest postal rates. And it looks pretty cool. Like the whole system. I don't know how they make money from it, but uh, the, the idea of pirate i don't know if that really kind of <laughs> that branding might might want to be worked on it's like yeah right. we'll, 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 t- we'll take your stuff and maybe we'll deliver them. <laughs> exactly i think i think when, when it comes to these mailings i very much want to work within the system yeah it's my new it's my new mailing service called hijack <laughs> right but i'd well i'd love any uh yeah kevin if you give me more information about how you do that and, yeah. and anything else sure. uh because that was uh, that was one of the many cumbersome aspects of this of this process that I was making up as I went along um, right. last fall. And this is uh, all just true for domestic. Once you get outside the U.S., it's a nightmare. No, no, I I, I do uh, international, and that is a whole separate thing. I know how to do that, but yeah, but there there aren't there aren't that many of them. But yeah, they, that's a hassle. Yeah, that does seem like a hassle. Okay, well, cool. So uh, we we've talked about. Uh, mailing and uh the the pad the the light pad so tell us about your next one okay the next one i guess is two two sort of work in hand in hand a uh a mechanical pencil this is sort of i thought it would maybe maybe be interesting that if i talked about sort of my process for making the comics and how I yeah thought. Uh, for sure uh, a mechanical pencil that I use with blue lead for penciling my comic the uh, uni kuru toga advance i think it's called uh uni K-U-R-U-T-O-G-A. Um, and then for inking, I use um, Sakura Pigma pens. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, for, for decades when I started, uh, my drawing procedure was to draw with a very hard lead pencil and then ink over that with Rapidograph ink pen mm-hmm. um, and then erase the pencil uh, so that what I ended up with was exactly what the comic would be, what, mm-hmm. what it would look like. Um, 
And uh, a few years ago, I went to a, a gallery show of the work of Chris Ware. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. know, you know, Mark. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and you're Kevin, too. He's out, so he's like this great cartoonist uh, whose work I just love. And I don't even, I still, even looking at his originals, I don't really understand how he draws the way he draws. Um, but I saw that he uses non-photo blue pencil and then inks over that as, as part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then leaves the blue pencil in the original and it comes out in their you know, reproduction process. Um, so I decided, you know, well, this is the way a real cartoonist works. And this is way late in my career. This is recently. <laughs> this, you know, so I, I don't know anything about this stuff. And so I just suddenly switched in, by inspired or copying him. Um, I switched to this mechanical pencil with blue lead and micron pens. Um, and the pens are just fantastic. They're so much easier than rapidographs. Um, they're just a marker and they're cheap. And the minute they lose their boldness, you just chuck them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rapidographs were a hassle. You had to hold them at a certain angle and they're always jamming or leaking or require maintenance. Yeah. Um, so that's my new way of, uh, of doing it. The, the problem is the, uh, the, the blue, I, I use this blue mechanical pencil and it's pretty good. It's the best I found for, for blue, but nothing matches the hard, sharpened pencil of a, of, of a lead black pencil. Blue pencils are almost like crayons. They're too mm-hmm. wide. Yeah, yeah, they're very soft. Yeah, and I haven't found anything hard enough. This this mechanical one is, is about as hard as it gets. It's still not hard enough. And then it really doesn't erase. So now when I draw, I used my pencils used to be exactly what I was going to ink. I was just following the line. Now if I draw something wrong with the, with the uh, in pencil, I draw another line next to it. And then another line and I, some of them, sometimes I'm just like inking, I'm like splitting the difference or making decisions as Mm -hmm. I go, uh, based on, you know, so the inking has become less exact and more, I guess, more spontaneous. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, the, the blue, I wish I could find a blue lead that was as hard as, as, uh, black lead. And I just, I never have. So, so, so Ruben, um, in the old days, they, uh, this is sort of like the traditional way of, you know, blue lines first, or even a blue grid that you would do paste up on because right. um, it was called photo blue because basically the black and white photography did not see blue. Right. It was, it was rendered like white. And so it became invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of only works if you're working in black and white. Um, it doesn't work if you were in the past, if you were doing color, like, you know, if you were doing a color, all on one sheet and you had the blue lines, they would just, they would still show up. Mm-hmm. Um, d- d- does that removing the blue, does that, how, how does that work these days when they, when they're making, um, when they're going to reproduce it or do they, is there kind of like a filter for Photoshop or that's, what? That's what, what, what I, that I mean, I'm, I'm doing it myself because, you know, then at that time, I'm sure Chris Ware sends that to a, um, like a photostat machine that doesn't see the blue. But what I have to do is I scan it into my computer and then I can remove the blue. There's a process to remove all blue, uh, all of any color. Right. Uh, like in Photoshop. Photoshop. And then I'm left with the, you know, the black inking. Um, and then I, then I start the coloring process on the computer and, and, and other manipulation they do on the computer. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so, um, so, you, so you, you have like a filter for Photoshop that just removes the, the blue. Right. That's right. Is that, is that, is, is, do you have like as a little, uh, what do you call it, the preset filter that you just kind of apply to? Processor. 
I have a uh, boy. I don't even know what you call it. It's uh, I guess it's it's a macro of some kind. It's you you there's a there's a thing that you do, and I have to. There's like two of them. You have to do one, then make a new version of that, and then fill that in with black, and then it becomes dark enough. Yeah, there's a whole thing. I've I've you know scanned the there's there are YouTube tutorials on how to do this. Um, and articles. And so I've sort of found the way that works with me. Uh, and you know, part of the process is pressing a button and a macro does the first part. And then I have to do some other. I like those kind of processes. When you yeah. press the button. Yes, exactly. But unfortunately there's still, there's still more to do, but yeah, it's, it, it kind of, it kind of works. And then I ended up, end up with that black, the, 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 uh, yeah, the, the problem is that, uh, yeah, the, I just wish that the blue pencil could, was as, was as good as that. And then, if I try to, um, if I use black pencil, the hard black pencil, but with the micron um, pens, uh, I don't think that I don't think those micron pens would withstand the erasing process. Yeah, uh, whereas the rapidographs do. Well, if you're removing colors, it doesn't have to be blue. Uh, blue, right? Is just, so you, if you found a hard other color, you could just use that color. Boy, that's a good. That's a good point. I haven't even looked into that. This, that because I use the blue really for this for the for the legacy reason that you're talking about. Right, right, right. But if but if it's just a color, if it was like a green, like green screen, you know, if if, if it was sure, a really it, hard, oh, it could green. be any color. The, the thing is, I think that it's. I always assume that it's it's not the blueness that causes it. It's the fact that it's not. It's a color that causes the softness and the and the non-erasability i don't um, know who knows but yeah maybe i should experiment with that if any listener knows uh a way to get any any uh non-black color that's as uh, hard and sharp and erasable as um as the as a regular pencil a number five hard pencil or something like that that would be great that would be but ruben you so you have a process that's like partially with traditional analog media and then you move it over to photoshop have you experimented with using something like procreate i know you don't have an ipad but have you borrowed someone's ipad and yeah tried it? I mean, it's it's funny almost everyone i know all the cartoon all, many cartoonists have, have switched over just to that mm-hmm. and I, i've heard so many stories when people say yeah i was resisting and resisting and then there was one time when i was traveling and i had to use it and then once i did i never went back yeah um and that's the reason people. That's the reason people uh-huh. switch. And I've I've never had to do that because I'm so afraid of drawing while I'm traveling <laughs> that I always get stuff done. Uh, I can only draw in my office, <laughs> so uh-huh. so I've never had that. But yeah, I should I should I always think I'm going to experiment with it. And you know I'm always drawing always on on deadline. Like literally, minutes matter. Uh, I always wait until. I'm panicked. And so uh, I never have the luxury. I mean, I clearly could at any time I could just sit down and, and have some and experiment and, and, and have fun with it or try things. But um, yeah, I've never, I've never actually uh, taken the time to do that. I, I've been drawing on Procreate every day. Um, mm. I, do, I do a drawing every day and using Procreate. Procreate was for me the, the gateway drug. It was just like transformative. Uh, and you can do all the things that you want, including having layers that you can kind of dial back and, um, remove later on, you know, to use right. as kind of like a sketching guide. It's just fantastic and very portable. Um, so you may, you, you might, and also filling in color after you've drawn. Oh my gosh, it's just like, just right. fantastic. Well, I, I do that. I do that because I, I scan in my uh, pen 
my, you know, my, my yeah, pen yeah, and paper. but but there's they they do things, other kinds of things that oh, I okay. think even Photoshop doesn't do very well. Oh, all right, right. I I guess what I'll say to you is what I say to everybody for the last twenty years. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I definitely want to do that, and then I won't do it. <laughs> I mean, you're right. How can I not uh, experiment with this incredible tool? But, uh, you know, well, I, you won't. Okay. I think I will, and then I, I don't. So, I mean, I started uh, buying these, these brushes and textures from this company called Retro Supply. Have you seen them? This is for Procreate, you mean? Yeah. For Procreate. I've heard of Retro yeah, Supply. It's That's so fantastic. Great. It's like Band Aid dots and. Set. it's like yeah. all the old stuff and you can make stuff look oh my exactly God. like a you know a, a, the way that a comic book was printed in the 60s if you want that's that's all i want every time yeah that's, well, that's my you and i are like obsessed with that with that uh look and yeah, uh, yes nice. uh so, yeah i try so to good. I try to create it in Photoshop uh, for certain, you know, comics that I think it's appropriate for. But uh, yeah, that is, that is, I know that company, they, they do. Yeah. You uh, can actually amazing. get it for Photoshop too. Give it a try. I, I've got some of the, and the, just the brushes like to, to simulate kind of a, a little bit, bit of bleed on the paper. If you are right, going right. for that look instead of like beautiful, that, that, that cold precision is something that I struggled with for many years. And then finally, like, and it's just so much warmer having it that fake to fake that tradition. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's exactly. more lively. It has it's, it's, yeah. kind of life to it. Well, yeah, the life to it. That's the, you know, the great cartoonists, I use a brush, you know, when, when aside from, you know, computer stuff, they use a brush. And so I try to, I try to fake it with a, with a, you know, basically a magic mm -hmm. marker by pretending I have a brush by making cer certain parts thicker, you know, faking it. But I know that when you use some of these tools that you're talking about, uh, that you can actually, um, uh, vary the, the width of the line as you draw as though with it's pressure. a brush, yeah. But, yeah. But, but without the, you know, years of experience it takes to really learn how to use a brush for inking, uh, in cartooning. Yeah, so it's, that is it's a, so cool. If that doesn't get me to do it, nothing will. Yes, apparently definitely. nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I imagine, I mean, you're doing a great job. I love, I have been loving your QNuts series of the, the oh, QAnon characters. And it's just beautiful. So if, if you're, if you don't want to stop doing it, the way you're doing it, don't you know? Well, I I kind of do, but I but and yet I don't. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the Q nuts is is based on peanuts, as though you know what comes after peanuts. It's Q nuts, and so it's the peanuts characters as uh, QAnon followers in various ways, <laughs> which which I I love these characters like I can't even tell you, and to to draw them like this breaks my heart but i think that's that's where the power of the comics yeah, come from it is is, is uh my heart breaking and maybe the readers like oh no not linus yeah it's, yeah, it's so so good I, I love it and yeah oh, thanks. i highly recommend people check it out you can just type in like q dash nuts and and bowling and i'm sure y'all and and boing boing yeah and go to boing in, boing in, in order to uh in order to view it on as it should be viewed yes exactly <laughs> or subscribing to your inner hive so yeah you know, why don't you just mention what the inner hive is oh yeah well the inner hive it's it's gotten easier to explain because it's becoming more uh ubiquitous but yeah. it's basically a subscription service that i started before before patreon existed uh, where I just set up a thing where people could uh, subscribe to my comic strip and I sent it to them a day before it's published 
with commentary, with extra comics, with other stuff, with with contests, whatever I can, whatever I can think of to create value. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just like a, a subscription service, and it's available on Patreon now, and as well as other ways. And and uh, it's just, you know, with with the death of newspaper cartooning, which was my career, uh, this instantly, I mean, I'm talking about the day I launched it, saved the comic strip. Uh, so that's the reason it exists today really is, uh, there's all these other things that I do and I need all of them, but the, the minute I did the, uh, inner hive, it became my biggest single source of revenue, um, that I've ever had. So I'm just always so grateful to the subscribers and, and I just want to give them, you know, value every week. It's like Substack before Substack. That's right. It's now available on Substack too. It's like whatever, well, whatever um, you know, uh, platform uh, arises, um, I want to be on it because uh, you know I want to have people join this in in whatever, however, in, in whatever platform they're comfortable with. Yeah, wherever they are, Tom dancing by. <laughs> I will <head>. be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so I think we have one more tool. Uh, and this is something that uh, I'm sure Kevin and I are both going to appreciate hearing about. It's called All Trails. Yeah. All yeah. Trails. All Trails is an app that I found over the summer. Um, uh, well, I guess my wife and I have done this sort of typical pandemic thing. We're doing more outdoor activities. Um, and I'm no outdoorsman at all. Uh, but I do like hiking. You know, not nothing, not huge all day or multi-day hikes, but maybe, you know, two, three, four hours. Uh, and this app is great for hikes. Um, it shows all the trails in your vicinity and has very uh, useful maps for each one. And um, and the con- unlike most online comics, the user comments for these are actually really <laughs> helpful with really good tips. So before you start your hike, you can like find out tips about you know what you want to do, what you don't, some some problems you may run into. Um, hikers love to give tips, like. Nothing makes me happier when I'm hiking back down a mountain and someone hiking up says, is it much farther? And then I'm like, watch out. I tell them tips about what's ahead and lots of detail until they're finally like, okay, thanks a lot. We got to be going. (laughs) Oh, one more thing. (laughs) You'll see a big tree. So um, we just got back from our first trip um, in the pandemic and uh, we went to Arizona and we did a lot of hiking there and we used our app this app on the hikes there and uh there was one hike that was really hard to stay on the trail i'm terrible at that if i come to a spot i never know which way the trail goes until i'm you know i'm not realize until i'm in the middle of a bush or something then i have to backtrack and try to find the trail um but uh you know we on this one hike we have we miraculously had cell service the whole way in the middle of nowhere so if we took you know, a wrong step, I'd see it on the map that our little blue dot was moving away from the trail. And within steps, we'd get back on the trail. And it, it, this was a, our biggest hike, and it really saved us. Right. Uh, we got to the end where there were these really cool caves. Uh, it really was uh, was great. So, uh, yeah, having the cell service and uh, all trails is uh, may not be the most natural way to uh, to do this, but mm-hmm. uh, it really it, it saved us. Right, and it's it's there's a website version as well, which is really good for researching when you are trying to decide which kind of trail you want to set off on. Right, um, and um, 
what I like about it is that it covers things like, you know, parking. What's the parking situation like at either end or how safe That's is great. it? And, Absolutely. And and, and the comments will have tons of stuff. Yeah, there was one place where you really couldn't park, uh, but they, they had tips in there on, on how to do it. And the commenters would, uh, you know, people who had been there like three days ago to say right. exactly what it's like and how to do it. Right, exactly. There, There is another one people have been talking about called Gaia that um, it may – uh, and, and I don't know how it compares, but um, it, it also seems to be very similar and has a kind of a broad use. I wondered if you had ever come across that. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not so experienced in this, but I'd love okay. the more the the more the better. I'd love to have a whole other resource uh, sure. for this stuff. But I do I, recommend all trails as is this the one I use, and um, you do. Yeah, it's it's really um, really great. Again, for like. I use it for like researching, trying to find out what where I want to go, what are the, what are the kind of trails, because it, it lists not just kind of what I would say um, the famous or known trails. It also has a really great um, depth in detailing trails that maybe only the locals would know about. Um, and the, uncovering or surfacing those kind of trails is really absolutely for, yeah. Too. I mean, there, I, I used it over the summer in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts, and uh, I've been there many times. I thought I knew the trails, and then uh, I find this website and app, All Trails, and I find stuff that I never knew about. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was great for that too. Now I'm wondering if, like, a premium version or something would allow you to download the maps offline because GPS will work even without cell service. And then you don't run into that problem of getting lost if there isn't cell service. I think it does have that. And I was, I didn't know how that would work. I didn't even know what that meant when it said you can download the map offline. Uh, because yeah, I guess GPS works when you don't have cell service. So that, right. I guess yeah. that's, that's what I didn't understand. So I didn't know why you would need that, but that would be amazing if you could have, GPS follow you on your on your yeah hike. right yeah you, you so can actually by the way do that with Google Maps Google Maps itself offers you the um, ability to off um, preload or offload maps if you're going into a territory where you may not have cell service including like if you were going overseas and didn't want to pay data mm. um, you can still use a, uh, Google Maps like for a city that you might download. So, so that's something so you can else. download an area or even like your directions from like here to there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is, see, this is, you guys are giving me more tools than I'm giving you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good thing. I've, I've used that before too, like in different countries and I've just downloaded the whole, you know, like all of Rome and then you can just oh. see where you are and you don't even need to have your cells. You, you can be in like, airplane mode and just have the gps on and you can still see the map and, and and it gives you the choice of like download this area like this city yeah, yeah. yes it does oh that's, that's, that's so great. Google. all right i'm writing this down <laughs> that's great so really I, i'm good. sure i'm not sure but all trails probably does have an option i think it i'm almost positive i, th I think i saw that and didn't understand why they would have an uh that option but now I understand why, and I totally would have bought it because then I would have had, I would have had this that for all the hikes, only one hike had cell service through right, any right. of it, yeah. um, and so that would have been great. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's a great recommendation, all trails, and we'll have links for all your tools in the notes. Great. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your, your new book. Well, Clover Press uh, is uh, started this program uh, of the complete Tom the Dancing Bug. Uh, so we're going to do multi-volumes. Each volume would have four years of the comic strip, and we're working our way backwards. So the first one was last year, and it was uh, 2016 to 2019, the Trump years. And the next one is coming out uh, next month, actually, in November. And uh, it's covering 2012 to 2015. Uh, and it's called Tom the Dancing Bug Awakens. Uh, and uh, I'm just so excited about this because all these, uh, all the comic strips are going to be in print, plus anything else I did in that in that time. So it's really the complete Ruben Bowling because it's got, um, you know, any freelance stuff that I did, anything I did for magazines, um, other comic strips. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really psyched. And then they're doing another book. They did the Super Fun Pack Comics Reader uh, last year which is all of one of my formats is super fun pack comics, these little, little daily comic strips. Um, and then this year we're uh, this November also coming out at the same time is going to be Tom, the dancing bug without the bad ones. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a very, like the 140 best uh, comics in, in my 31 year old, 31 year history of uh, drawing oh Tom, God. the dancing bug. So it's the cream of the cream of the crop. <laughs> That's so well, cool. And, well. and these are judged best by you. They were judged best. I, I, I went through and I found like the ones that I thought were most important, had the best reaction. Um, and then where I had like an, uh, some questions, I actually put it to the inner hive to vote mm. uh, on, uh, on which ones, which, which was the better one, you know, where two were similar uh, and which one. So, so that was a great way to involve them and also get some, you know, an actual answer. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm pretending as though it was a very scientific, uh, um, process to determine the objectively best Tom dancing bugs, but mostly it was me going and going, you know, drawing like, oh yeah, that one. I think people like that one. <laughs> you, should, you should call it the Academy. Yes. The Academy, uh, Academy. has, has ruled. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. There, there are no appeals. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way, but the Academy right. is never wrong. <laughs> So Clover Press, I, I'm not familiar with them. Could you tell me just like who they are and stuff? Well, it's an offshoot from IDW, which is a big, uh, big uh, uh, comic strip, com oh, comic book yeah. company. Um, sure. And their their founder left IDW to uh, to found uh, Clover Press, and uh, they just have like a very eclectic um, collection of stuff that they're doing. They do. Uh, oh, they work with Craig Yo. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just, I just looked it up sure. to remind myself, uh, they do, uh, yeah, they just, they work with a lot of different, really interesting cartoonists. And, uh, and so you should check out their website is cloverpress.us. Um, and, uh, and they do some horror stuff, some, uh, graphic novel, novel adaptations they've done. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just really glad that they wanted to do this with Tom Manson bug. I was so uh glad and flattered uh and then after the first one you know they're they wanted to ramp it up i've already done the cover for volume they did volume six uh, volume six, six volume seven i'm sorry was into the trump first volume six comes out next month so they're uh, going in reverse order awakens with... yep 
And then volume, I already did the volume, the cover for volume five, um, which will be Tom's Dancing Bug, Eat the Poor. Uh, so we're doing it in reverse order because uh, we wanted the first one to be about Trump right at the end of the Trump administration. Yeah, that makes sense. That was too perfect. Um, and then I, I figure, you know, we'll just work our way backwards. I, it's it's I, the the paradigm I'm using, you'll appreciate, uh, Mark, is the Fanographics, maybe you too, Kevin, Fanographics, uh, Donald Duck, uh, a com- the complete Carl Barks, mm-hmm. where they don't do them in order. They're just sort of doing volume uh, you know, 16, then 20, they're sort of jumping around. Um, and I think that's, you know, it sort of works as long as they finish it. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> cool. Well, that's so exciting, Ruben. I'm, I'm so glad that these are coming out and hopefully find uh, a new audience and a great way for, for fans of yours to uh, revisit a lot of these amazing comics over 30 years. That's incredible. I know. I don't believe it. Yeah. For 30 years, I've been every single week I've been doing, <laughs> I've been wow. doing this. So, uh, yeah, but I, yeah, thank you. I'm really, I'm so excited about this project. Well, cool. Great. Well, Ruben, it's been a pleasure having you on the show as usual. And, uh, I, I encourage people to check out the inner hive. Should they go to rubenbowling.com? Is that the place it's, to go? It's uh Tom, the dancing bug.com. Ah, okay. TomTheDancingBug.com is uh, is your gateway into anything that I've uh, anything that I've talked about. But listen, guys, it was so great to talk to you guys. I really, I really loved uh, this. is really great to to talk to you guys again. Hey, everybody, it's your co-host Mark, and I wanted to let you know that we have a lot more going on here in Cool Tools than just this podcast. We have our flagship website where we review a new tool every day. That's at cool-tools.org. We also have four different newsletters. We have this podcast. We have a YouTube channel where we review tools. And if you like what you hear and see and read, the best way to help us out is by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cool tools and donate at any level you wish. You can even contribute $1 a month, and, and that would mean a lot to us. The money that you give us will go towards paying for our transcribing costs, editing videos and editing the podcast. It goes towards paying contributors who write the reviews for us. It goes towards our equipment costs, our hosting costs, and it supports our very small company of three people. This week, I wanted to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters who have been giving us at least $2 a month. And if you give us $2 a month, we'll give you a shout out online. And this week, I would like to thank Michael Sakochia, Molly Starr, M. Velderman, Opposable Thumbs, Pamela Cooley, Patrick Weyer, Paul Hosey, Randy Fisher, Stuart Burroughs Brand, Synaptic Sam, Therese Schwartz, Tom Hawkins, Tom Markham, What Bear, Javier Pangolin, David Lang, Eric Byers, Sean Hartley, Stephen Powell, Greg Lichtscheidt, John Hobson, Adam Bristol, Adam Naher, Anonymous, Bill Kempthorne, Bruce I. Niles, Chris Woodruff, C. Kolos, Daryl Flynn, Egg Fliegoff, Eric Hanschrau, Eric Hoover, Godfrey Saldana, Jay Skiles, John M. Larson, Jude Galligan, Kenneth Gilman, and Lucas Frank. Thank you very much for supporting the show, and we will see you next week. <laughs>